The greatest gift God has given this world is the precious gift of grace. Please understand that grace is not a teaching. Grace is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Open your spirit and prepare to receive, through Bishop Herb Andrew, God's Word of Grace, which is building you up from the inside out, while positioning you to enjoy the inheritance Jesus paid for with His blood. This is your moment of grace. Hi, I'm Bishop Herb Andrew, and this is your moment of grace. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about and looking at the importance, the significance, the blessing of being cross-conscious. The Apostle Paul, he said that he has determined not to know anything among the people except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, the Apostle Paul lived his entire life operating with a cross consciousness. I said his entire life, but actually all of this obviously took place after his transformation on the Damascus Road. But what is the significance? Why are we talking? Why are we spending so much time talking about this cross consciousness? Well, what we've learned is that when you are cross conscious, when your mind is not so much sin conscious, but it is more cross conscious, it actually blesses you. It puts you in a place where it makes you righteousness conscious. In other words, when your mind is focused on what Jesus has done on the cross, now you understand that because of what he did on the cross, now you are righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So this cross consciousness it ultimately makes you righteousness conscious, which in turn removes your sin consciousness, which allows the blessings of God to freely flow into the lives of every single believer. I hope you heard that. See, to be cross conscious is to see Jesus as proof of God's unwavering desire under grace to see us as his people consistently and continuously blessed. I believe I need to say that again. This whole gift, this wonderful idea or concept of being cross-conscious, it is so powerful because to be cross-conscious, it is to see Jesus himself as the proof of God's unwavering desire under this banner of grace to see his people bless, not just when you are doing what you think you should do, but bless at every point, time, and season of your life. You know, when you look at the journey of the children of Israel as they journeyed from uh, this place of bondage, this place in Egypt to the promised land that, that God uh, promised them. What's so amazing about that is that from the time that they left Egypt until the time that the law was introduced, God's people were literally operating under grace. Just look at it for a moment. 
the people sin, the people complained against God, and every time they did, God never would punish them. But whenever they complain, whenever they sinned against God, he simply showered them with his grace. He showered them with his unearned, his unmerited, his undeserved favor. Just look right there in Exodus chapter 14, when they complained about the enemy coming against them and the, the Red Sea being before them, what did God do? He parted the Red Sea allowed them to cross over on dry ground while allowing all of the enemies to drown in that Red Sea. We talked about in our last episode, the incident in Exodus 15, when God healed the bitter waters there in Mara, and he did so. He did so and delivered them to a place of rest and refreshing after they had complained that they had nothing to drink. Over in Exodus 16, in the wilderness of sin, they begin to complain about, about food. And, and, and what did God do? He rained down manna from heaven. From the time that the people of God left Egypt, all the way until the Mosaic law was introduced, God's people were under the banner of grace. Look at Exodus 17, and I think you'll be blessed by this because the Bible says that all the congregation of the children of Israel, they set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin according to the commandment of the Lord, and they camped in Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Now, we've seen this before. We've seen them have problems in the area of water before. Now, understand that the water, it literally represents the needs of the people. Rephidim, it represents the place of rest. The word Rephidim itself, it literally means rest. So Rephidim is a place of rest, while water represents the needs of the people. The Bible says that at the commandment of the Lord, the people are now in this place of rest, but they're in a place of rest with their needs not being met because they said there, there was no water for the people to drink. But I believe God was teaching them a lesson, just as oftentimes he'll do with us when we find ourselves in situations and circumstances where it appears as though our needs are going unmet. I believe that God is teaching them as well as teaching us that regardless of what it looks like in the natural, he himself has already put a promise in place that is designed to address whatever lack, whatever need, whatever situation we may deal with in our lives. He is not a God who is scrambling, trying to put things together, but he is a God who has already put in place the promises that we need in order to address every situation that we are confronted with. You would have thought, you would have thought that these people would have referred back to their time in Mara. You would have thought that, that when they, when they ran into this situation where there was no water, that they would 
even then remember, well, we were in a situation before where the waters were bitter. And if God resolved that situation, we don't know how, but the same God who did it then, he will somehow resolve the situation we find ourselves in right now at this moment. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the people of God, they are so much like us. We operate oftentimes with such short memories. So here it is now. They're in this place of rest and they're in this place of rest without the need for water being met. And what did they do? The same thing they did in Mara. They began to complain against Moses, who is their leader. Thank God that Moses was a praying man and Moses knew exactly where to go with their complaints and with their concerns. Because the Bible says in Exodus chapter 17 and verse number five, the Bible says, and the Lord said to Moses, well, Moses cried out to the Lord in verse number four, and the Lord answered Moses in verse number five and said, go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your, your rod with which you struck the river and go. Now, now Moses cried out to God because of the complaint of the people. We're in a place of rest, but we don't have water. Our needs are not being met. And God tells Moses to go before the people and take in your hand the rod with which you struck the river. This particular rod is literally a rod of judgment. Y'all remember when, when, when Moses was leading the people out of Egypt in Exodus chapter seven in verse number 20, the Bible says that Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them. And he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river. The Bible says that all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. In other words, God says, take that same rod and, and you go before the people. And he says in verse number six, that I will stand before you right there on the rock in Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of the rock that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Now notice what God says. God says that, that, that in, in, in this situation, he says, what I'm going to do, Moses, is I'm going to stand before you on the rock and you shall strike the rock with the rod of judgment. And when you strike the rock with the rod of judgment, the waters of blessings will flow freely. What is the significance of all of this? Well, think about it for a moment. That rock we have learned, according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 4, that rock, it clearly represents Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And now we have said to you that to be cross-conscious is to see Jesus as proof of God's unwavering desire to see his people blessed. Man, man, when you when you are cross conscious, 
it, 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 it reminds you, you begin to see Jesus as, as your proof that, that God, he, he wants me blessed. He, you see Jesus as proof that God wants my family healthy, whole, and healed, and, and, and walking with, with all of their needs met. When you're cross-conscious, when, you, when your mind is focused on what Jesus has done at Calvary's cross, you see Jesus as the proof of God's unwavering desire to see us, his people, blessed all the time. Look at it. Look at it for a moment. Follow the flow, because the Bible says that the people, they sinned against God once again by complaining. But again, even as they sin, because 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 God is a loving God, he he did not deal with them according to that sin. But understand something about God. Not only is he a loving God, but God is also a just God. And because God is just, even though he wants to release his blessings upon the people, that sin has to be punished. See, because God is a just God, sin always has to be punished before God's blessings can rightfully be released in the lives of the people. So what did God say? The people are sinning and God says to strike the rock with the rod of judgment. And when you strike the rock with the rod of judgment, the waters of my blessings will be released and flow freely into the lives of God's people. Listen to what's happening, family. All of us, all of us have sinned. But instead of God judging us, instead of God punishing us for our sins, what did God do? God struck the rock. Jesus is the rock. God struck the rock with the rod of judgment. And where did he do it? On the cross of Calvary. So God, he strikes Jesus on the cross with the rod of judgment. And when he strikes the rock, when he strikes Jesus with the rod of judgment, it allows the waters of his blessings to freely flow into the lives of those of us who are willing to receive. What are you saying, sir? What I'm saying is this, because of what happened on the cross, this is why we must at all times operate like the apostle Paul operate with the mindset that, that, that I, I determined not to know anything other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because when we are cross conscious, we understand that because of what happened on that cross, the waters of God's blessings are continuously flowing into my life. And my job, my job, your job is to just receive those blessings, but receive them not based upon how well you perform, but receive those blessings based upon how well did Jesus perform when he hung on the cross. Listen, because of what Jesus has done on that cross, God says to each and every one of us, with blessings, I have blessed you. And now I'm looking for you as a man, as a woman of grace to simply receive 
based upon the finished work of my son. A work that you cannot add to and a work that no devil or demon in hell can take from. Listen, family, again, I want to thank you for connecting with us on this podcast. Look forward to sharing with you next week as we continue with these same thoughts. In the meantime, remember, I'm Bishop Herb Andrew, and this has been your moment of grace. Be sure to follow us on our social media platforms by subscribing to our Beacon Light of Homer YouTube channel and following us on Beacon Light of Homer Facebook and Instagram pages. Join us for a life-changing word on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. for our Beacon Light of Homer worship experience or Wednesday on our Grace Reloaded Bible Study at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Bishop Herb would love to hear from you. Leave your comments and be sure to stay connected by subscribing to this Moment of Grace podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, make sure you share it with your friends and loved ones. Remember, because of his awesome grace, our God is faithful to manifest every blessing and benefit Jesus has paid for through his finished work on the cross of Calvary. Our part is to believe, receive, and enjoy what has already been provided, motivated by his tremendous love. Until next time, this has been your moment of grace. Thank you for sharing on today.